Hello and welcome to the weekly message podcast from Crozet United Methodist Church in Crozet, Virginia. We invite you to join us in person any Sunday for our contemporary service at 9.30 a.m. or for a more traditional service at 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org for further information. We hope you enjoy this week's message from Crozet UMC. Today we start a brand new worship series What is that all about? And this is the culmination of a lot of questions that I invited you to ask over the summer when we were worship planning for this part of the year. Knowing that we had a very heavy and deep trip through Advent and Christmas and that we would be doing that again in Lent and Easter, we wanted to kind of break that up for six weeks by answering some of the questions that you may have or have always had, things that you're curious about, things you didn't know about. And when we asked you what you wanted to know about, one of the things was foot washing. And that's a perfectly appropriate thing to ask. There are some denominations and traditions within Christendom that focus heavily on foot washing. Methodism has traditionally not been one of those. However, we reference it, and it's kind of floating around in Christendom. So it's nice for us to explain it a little bit. And the scripture that we read today is the ultimate indication of foot washing. There's only about a dozen citations in the entire Bible about washing one's feet or foot washing. And this one is the one that most people think of, that Jesus got down on his hands and knees and he washed the apostles' feet. On that night in which they had gathered to partake in the Passover Seder, which Jesus would transform into Holy Communion for them and for all of us who come afterwards, the gospel account of John is the only one that includes this foot washing. The other three synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, are more focused on the elements, the bread and the cup, rather than anything else that's going along. But John has always been slightly different, and John is really interested in not only this act of servanthood, but also the words that accompany it. And so if we place this in reference to all of Scripture, we find that First foot washing is mentioned in Genesis. There are two examples in which it is under hospitality. Both Abraham and his nephew Lot offer to bring water so that the angels who are visiting them may wash their feet, and with good cause. If you've ever walked around in flip-flops in a very dusty, dirty place, you know that it doesn't really matter how thick your flip-flops are, that dirt kind of encroaches under. And next thing you know, your feet are just as filthy as the bottoms of your shoes. Well, back in Jesus' day, if you could afford sandals, you wore them. If not, you might be walking around barefooted. And much of the world was covered in all kinds of things we don't like to think of. I like to compare it to when I was in college and spent a lot of time in Colonial Williamsburg. They like to parade horses around Colonial Williamsburg, and horses are not litter box trained. And so if you don't watch where you're walking on Duke of Gloucester Street, you're going to need all those boot scrapers they posted all the doors for all the shops because life was messy, and that's the way it was for the disciples. So to truly show great hospitality in biblical times, to bring water so that someone may wash their feet or to provide a household servant for that to actually wash someone's feet was tremendous hospitality. And Abraham and Lot revealed that in their desire to do that. Then in Exodus and Leviticus, it gets transformed a little bit. 
The commandment to wash one's feet is explicitly given to Aaron, his sons, and all of the priesthood thereafter, that they should wash their hands and their feet. And this is principally because they are now transcending ritual purity. They are going from a place where they are ritually clean into a place where they will be required to be ritually holy. They will be touching holy things. They will be walking on holy ground. And so therefore, they must clean their hands and their feet in an act of ritual purity. And we understand this, that the, when you go and you touch something holy, that you shouldn't do it with your hands being all filthy. Um, we also expand that to the concept of if you're going to come and do something holy for God, it would be nice if you confessed your sins beforehand and didn't come with guilt staining your spirit. So we continue that understanding as well. However, Jesus in his act of foot washing is echoing someone entirely different. If we go back to the prophetic and narrative books of Samuel, we will find there a woman named Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. And Abigail, in an act of servanthood, says to David, I am your slave, you who is the servant of the Lord, and I shall wash your feet. She is acknowledging the fact that in his servanthood of God, that she in turn should serve him. And so she starts this notion of servanthood in foot washing for those who are followers of God. And Jesus echoes that in what we heard today in John, that I am your Lord and teacher, and I am showing you what servanthood looks like. So if you've never washed somebody's feet, does that mean you're a horrific disciple of Jesus Christ? Absolutely not. And sometimes in Christendom, we've gotten a little bit dialed in too much into the actual act of washing feet. There's nothing wrong with washing feet. In fact, it's often done on Monday, Thursday, or Holy Thursday, depending on the, the thrust of your liturgical worship service and Holy Week. But the importance of it was not the fact that he was specifically washing feet, but that he was showing them that they had to be willing to serve. Now, there are plenty of times in the history of Christianity where ministry was made to look very glamorous, and it was made to be this concept of in ministry over others. And while there are still some signs of the glamour of worship, I can tell you that ministry is by and large a down and dirty thing. And as we get deeper and deeper into our spiritual journey and we start to look for ways in which we can serve, we discover that we're going to get our hands and our feet dirty. Sometimes we're going to get our entire body dirty if you're going to go on a mission trip. And so we have to be willing to do that. Now, on the night in which Jesus was gathered with those apostles in the upper room and the gospel account of John recounts the foot washing, it's important for us to realize that their feet were especially disgusting that night because the Exodus story commands us not to wash our feet not to take our sandals off. In fact, we had to eat with our coats on, our biblical version of coats, our cloaks, because we had to be ready at a moment's notice to jump up and flee to Egypt. And so the apostles would have been especially taken aback when Jesus started to wash their feet. What are you doing? We don't wash feet on this night. We don't take off our sandals. Our feet are gross. We've been walking around Jerusalem all day, all of these people are here. All of these animals are being sacrificed. And you want to touch my feet. And so it's no surprise to us that Simon Peter says, No, Lord, no, 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 no. I don't think you should do that. 
And Jesus says, you don't understand. It's not about me getting dirty. It's about me showing you what I am willing to do. And that if I am willing to do it, then you have to be willing to do it too. And so much of ministry is like that. I remember the first time I realized that ministry in Jesus' name will make you do things that you never thought you would do before. It was before I had my child and I was in my office, which was at the end of a very long hallway. And the hallway had three or four bathrooms that were single bathrooms off of it. They were all ADA accessible and they all had their own door and room. And so I hear this voice as I'm preparing for worship and it's saying, help, help. And I'm like, where are you? I'm here. Well, that's not helpful. So I start walking down the hall going, where are you? I'm in here. And so finally I realize it's somebody in the bathroom. And I knock on the door. I'm like, is it okay if I come in? And the voice goes, yeah. And I open the door and there's a three-year-old whose feet are dangling off the toilet. And it's a little boy. And I'm like, what do you need? And he says, I need you to wipe me. And I'm thinking, am I violating a safe sanctuary policy by doing this? Or, like, how did you? I said, where is your mother? He goes, I don't know. And so you're left with these options, right? Here you are. Do you leave the child stranded on the toilet? Or do you go and seek adult help? Which is another whole thing. I can't wipe this child's rear. Will you help me? So I was like, all right, here we go. And he walked me through it. He was very helpful. I really do appreciate him telling me, that's not how you do it. I have to get up and turn around. I'm telling you, the things you see in ministry, I'd love to tell you that was the last time I did that too. It's not. And so we do it though. We do it because in his moment of need, what did he need? He needed somebody to help him wipe. And that's not something we picture. There wasn't a class of that in seminary. They teach you how to hold the baby for baptism. They teach you how to break the bread. Nobody says, and here's how you probably wipe a child. That doesn't happen. I don't have my own kid yet. Now I'm a pro, man. All of you, I got you covered. That is just not the way it was. And I have had plenty of people who have said to me, look, I'll do just about anything, but I won't do that. And you know what Jesus says? Oh, yes, you will. If the need is there, you will do it. I have, I have used um, all kinds of things to clean. I have had to, I've had a child completely decimate a $300 robe with spit up. I have had older people completely decimate the other side of the robe with makeup. So it doesn't matter because that's what it's about. And then you get back and you're like, what happened to me? Because that's what it was about. It was about holding a child. It was about hugging someone in their moment of need. And when someone is distressed and needs a hug, you don't go, how much makeup have you put on today? These are not things that we do. Instead, we respond as the need is. We set up tables and chairs. We clean. Someone's got to scrub the toilets. Because we have a preschool and someone's got to scrub the toilets. There are things that have to be done. And if we as Christians start saying, oh, that's, that's beneath me. We're not looking at the same Savior. Jesus was modeling for us that we have to be willing to get down and dirty and touch things and do things. And yet implicit is that in that was his response to Peter. 
you are clean. You have to wash, but you are clean. If you get dirty because you're helping a three-year-old wipe his bottom, you can get clean again. It will be fine. The cleanliness that we have to worry about is the staining that happens in our spirit when we say, I'm not helping you, kid. You're on your own. That's the bigger sin than getting your hands dirty. We're called to service. And Jesus showed them repeatedly throughout his three years of earthly ministry, knowing that that night was going to be the transition into his heavenly resurrected ministry. He knew he was leaving. He said that to them. If we were to continue in the gospel account of John, we would find him saying, in a little while you will no longer see me, but I am with you. And he promises them that he has given them everything they need, all of the lessons, all of the examples. He has lived out for them what it means to be a disciple. And if they will but follow his example, the Spirit will help them every step of the way. Are we any different today? Here in 2018, at the start of a brand new year, discipleship looks exactly the same as it did that night when he was on his knees. It means taking whatever we have and helping people feel welcomed, feel loved, forgiven, serving people. Because in a world where classism comes into play daily, we are those who say it doesn't matter where we are on the socioeconomic spectrum. When we are wearing the mantle of Jesus Christ, we will serve the highest and the lowest without prejudice or discrimination that we are here to embody this. Jesus tells us the greatest among us will be the slave of all. If we truly want to show the world what greatness looks like in God's eyes, then we will be willing to serve. And you catch glimpses of it, don't you? Don't you catch glimpses of those Christians that are always the last to eat, that are always the last to go home, they're always the ones that are doing the work, and you're thinking, man, I don't want to be cleaning up that kitchen after that youth supper. But someone does, and they do it because the example from foot washing is central in their being, and they understand what that means. Now, I'm one of those people, I don't want you touching my feet. I'm happy to wear some shoes, I don't want you touching my feet. It's a personal issue, that's what it is. But that doesn't mean that I'm not willing to wash anyone's feet. I'm not going to do that today. How cruel would that be? Like, all right, take off your shoes and come up here, I'm going to use cold water on your feet. That would be wrong. But instead, we can be reminded constantly of our willingness to get down low in the dirt and the muck of life and serve there. We don't all get to serve in the glory of the white-robed chancel. But this is not where Jesus was calling us all to serve. Day in and day out, we're called to serve on the ground floor of life. And down there, it is messy. Accidents happen. There is all kinds of muck and dirt and detritus that is brought into that zone. And if we are willing to go, God says, no matter how dirty or grimy or gritty you get, I can clean you. That is the message that Jesus was giving us. It's not about looking glamorous all the time as Christians. And if we think it's about wearing white and keeping it pristine... We're missing the point because it is about service. And Jesus gave them the ultimate act of service to show them this.
And they were taken aback, and I'd be with Simon Peter, Lord, please don't touch my feet. And there are many places that still practice foot washing. And it looks many different ways. Sometimes the entire congregation, if it's feasible, will we'll wash each other's feet. Sometimes certain people will have the pastor wash their feet, however that looks. One of the other ways that people do it now is hand washing. The same idea. Most people will let you wash their hands. Washing their feet, you get into all kinds of areas where people don't always feel comfortable. And the whole point of bringing you up here is not to make you feel uncomfortable and cold. It's not why we bring you before the altar of God. But when you have those moments where you find yourself feeling uncomfortable, where you think to yourself, I would rather not do this, I hope you will remember Jesus knelt there at the feet of his disciples and with a towel tied around his waist, dried their feet, cleansed them, and then sent them free to do likewise. If that isn't the message of foot washing, I have completely missed the point. But I think that as disciples of Jesus Christ, each of us knows that the day comes when we have to be willing to do something that we don't want to do, that we would hope we would never have to do, and yet, because of where we are, we realize that this is the moment that we should do it. Because it's not about us in that moment. It's about Christ. That's who we are and what we do. And thanks be to God that we are constantly being reminded to be humble servants who seek to serve rather than be served. May it be so. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you again for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope you found the message meaningful, and we invite you to join us in person as we gather for worship at Crozet United Methodist Church every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org to learn about ways you can connect with God and your neighbors through the ministries of Crozet UMC. Have a great week.